What's up, guys? This is Shelby, and welcome to Not Your Regular Coach Podcast. Hello, welcome to my new podcast. This is Shelby Schlang. I want to do this first episode real quick, just kind of give you a little bit of background about me, what it is that I do, how I got here, and what is coaching and what to kind of expect on this podcast. So I am an eating disorder recovery coach. And before we get into what is that, let me give you a little background about me. Okay, I'll make it quick. I'll try. So when I was younger, I'm 32 right now. And by younger, I mean like seven. I definitely had undiagnosed OCD and ADHD was like bouncing off the walls, had all these weird rituals I had to do before bed. And I think everyone just kind of laughed it off as like, oh, she's kind of a weird kid. So let's fast forward that to being 17 in high school. And I decided one day I'm going to quote unquote get healthy. So what did that mean? It meant going to the gym, which never in my life did I do. And eating things like frozen lean cuisines, which is the epitome of health, basically, So that's kind of like the very brief overview of what started my eating disorder. I did start to lose weight and I became more and more obsessed with, oh, well, I see that if I eat less and I exercise more, I lose more weight. And people commend that. People love that. People are asking me, oh my God, how do you get your body? What do you do? Literally for somebody who has had low self-worth for her entire life and no clue about what her identity is that was like a drug that was like the best thing that ever could happen to me so addicted to that right away kept on going super scared about gaining weight um calories became a big thing I'd never thought about this stuff in my life and all of a sudden I'm reading these weird ass books like looking at magazines for weird recipes this was back in the day before tiktok I just was off the rails and my friends kind of knew what was going on, but they didn't really say anything to me because it's kind of awkward. But yes, so I continued to kind of go down that path and without going into details, basically got pretty sick, Uh, was pretty medically ill and didn't know it. Right. So again, my parents, no shame on them, but they didn't know what was going on. And so I think it was just very swept under the rug. And I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I'm so healthy. Everybody thinks I'm so healthy. Look at my six pack. And so that kept getting worse. Go to my freshman year of college, literally worst time ever. Um, Had roommates that were kind of my friends. Feel really bad for them because I was stealing their food, making a huge mess. Honestly, I smelled terrible because of my digestive system and was skipping classes, exercising for X amount of hours a day. My food was so crazy and I don't even know what was going on during the day with my food, very little amount. And I started to eventually binge at night. So that wasn't happening right away, but that eventually my body was like, no, we're good, we need to eat. And then I couldn't stop and I felt out of control. So with that, just perpetuated the cycle, made me restrict more during the day, exercise more. And I was in this place where I was just felt like I was going crazy. I was getting bad grades. I had never gotten bad grades before. I was isolated. I felt terrible every single day. And I think I knew deep down that I had an issue, but I didn't want to admit it because I didn't want to change it. So fast forward to that kind of goes through the whole entire year miserable. I 
eventually started to get really medically sick. And again, to spare the details on that, um, I had an incident where I eventually ended up in the school nurse, which is really random, but she was the first one that ever told me, I think you have an eating disorder. And I was like, actually really relieved to hear that because I had been to the doctor previously and told them, oh, I'm lightheaded, I'm dizzy, my vitals are blah, 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 blah. And they were just like, well, you know, you're athletic, so it's not that abnormal, like not getting your period for X amount of time, ah, it's fine. And I was like, okay, well, if you say it's fine, then I guess it's fine. Kept going and almost was like really looking for someone to say something because it was just so invalidating. Um, So when she finally said something, I was like, oh, okay, thank you. Because I also, side note, have always been on a quote-unquote normal weight. Um, I'm a very muscular person just by genetics. And so my weight, I guess, never went into the danger zone. So I think that's another reason that it went on for a long time without anyone saying anything. So finally, she tells me, I think you have an eating disorder. And I was like, I literally remember nodding and being like, oh yeah. (laughs) It was just so helpful in that moment. So I didn't know what to do with that information. I assumed what you do is start to eat more. And again, didn't have access to treatment. didn't even know what treatment was. uh, Didn't have a therapist. Had never done therapy in my life. And I just was like, all right, well, I guess I need to eat. So I just started to eat. Like that sounds so ridiculous because that's not how recovery works. But I like made myself a meal plan where I had breakfast, lunch, dinner. I just started eating a million snacks. I still didn't feel better and I wasn't gaining weight right away. And so I was like, what am I doing wrong? If anything, I probably felt worse. And anyone who's kind of gone through this in recovery, you kind of understand like whether you're in treatment or not when you start to eat more you almost feel worse in the beginning before it feels better so I had really bad stomach pains felt lightheaded and I was like all right well I'm just gonna keep going because I don't know what else to do and long story short I did end up weight restoring so this was right in the beginning of my sophomore year of college I ended up transferring schools because hashtag trauma from the first school and I was living with one of my childhood best friends which was helpful I would say like the next three years of college were pretty good I stayed weight restored I mean I definitely still had my anxiety and school was kind of taking the place of the eating but it was better I still didn't see a therapist which is insane towards the end of college I got into a relationship that no hate to this person, but it was a toxic relationship. It was a bad match. So you have to remember my self-worth has not really been that great for whatever reason my whole life. And finally, I think I'm in a place where it's better, but that has not attracted the best people into my life. So get into this relationship, graduate college. I'm like, you know what? I'm moving. So this is in New Hampshire. I'm like, I'm going to Maryland, which is where he lived move in with him. And I am really want to make this clear. There is nothing and no part of me that is blaming this on anybody. I'm not blaming this on him. Nothing. Like he's not a bad person. It was just a bad match. So move in. 
my identity and like, what am I doing with my life? I started nannying. I was like, literally, I majored in nutrition because of my eating disorder. And I was just like, I am 22 and I literally have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And so that kind of spiraled into this like identity crisis. And then eventually I started exercising more again. So this time it was a little bit different. Um, Again, I wouldn't go into the details because I don't want to be triggering, but it was different than the first time. Uh, It was less restricty and more making up for the food that I was eating. So that started, which made it even harder to realize. So I think I was really in denial for a couple years about that because again, um, everyone was like, oh my God, how did you get your body? What did you do? And I was like, I'm going to capitalize on this. So I, needing validation, was like, you know what? I want to be a professional cheerleader, which never danced in my life, was literally a cheerleader that's not the professional kind, like just the regular stunt tumbling cheerleader. And I had no idea what I was doing. So I just started auditioning for teams and somehow made it kind of far through and ended up actually cheering for one of the teams. But again, now looking back on that, I'm like, girl, that was all for validation. Cause like, what? I didn't even like dancing. I couldn't even remember the dances. Like it was bad. I felt terrible, but I was getting attention and praise. So I was like, cool. And then I'm like, you know what? This isn't enough. I think I want to do fitness modeling. Like everybody says that I could. So I go through the whole process, get an agency. And I'm thankful for these experiences because they did help me get out of my shell and gain a little bit of confidence through literally being broken down. Um, That can be a whole nother episode about the professional cheerleading world and the modeling world. Definitely some bad things going on there, as you can imagine. So doing that, thinking everything's great. On the outside, everyone's like, wow, her life is so great. On the inside, I'm not thriving. I'm upset, crying, depressed, still feel isolated. My whole day has to do with exercise. No job besides these things which you make like five cents. I have no sense of self. I'm so scared to gain weight. I'm terrified every single time I eat because I'm like, I'm going to lose my whole life and my whole identity if I gain weight, which is not true, but that's what I thought. So miserable, right? Like starting to feel medical issues again, starting to get injured and pushing through it anyways, which is terrible. And so this went on for a couple years. And then finally I had a moment. So I think I was 25. Oh, I ended up getting married. So that's a side note. So this relationship that I said wasn't a good match. Yeah, we got married. So there's that. A year after that, I just, I don't even know. I think I just had a straight up mental breakdown and was like, I can't, I don't know what's wrong with my life. So I made a doctor's appointment and this is a different doctor than I'd ever seen. And I told them, my symptoms and what was happening they actually thought I was crazy like at this point I had gotten a macro coach and she was telling me exactly what to eat and so I was doing that and I was lifting really heavy um and so I wasn't quote-unquote underweight so they kind of thought I was crazy and they were like your weight's fine like I don't think you have an eating disorder and I started crying and I was like no literally listen to me like I'm telling you right now. And so they were like, okay, well, you probably need anxiety medicine. And like, here's a list of psychiatrists. And I was so upset. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Luckily, I found this therapist uh, who was amazing. And it was the first therapist I'd ever had. And like the most basic 
therapy situations were like mind-blowing to me and I really wanted to get better so that was a huge part of this right it's not like find a therapist and you get better right that's not not usually how it happens and that's not really how it happened for me but I wanted to so I listened to her and you know we talked about all the feelings that were coming up how to reincorporate different foods and she had also recovered so that was really helpful and I was just doing a lot of work. Like I remember I started a blog. I actually had another podcast during this time <laughs> and I was just kind of like figuring out my life. Yeah. So I worked with her after a couple months of me actually getting stable with my eating disorder. I started to realize that I was super unhappy with my life. I felt trapped and I felt still like I had no sense of purpose or no sense of self And so I remember going to her and just crying and saying that and she was kind of really validating about that and was really helpful. So I ended up getting out of that relationship eventually and totally fine. I'm actually remarried to an amazing man, Tyler, Um, and he's also remarried too. So we're thriving and I moved home (laughs) to my parents' house and I was like, wow. I'm 26 and I live at home and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I stayed there for a year and I ended up coaching a cheer team for high school, which was also really helpful because it helped me work with high schoolers and understand how to communicate with them. So I did that. And then I was trying to like figure out, okay, what's my long-term plan? Because again, I'm making five cents. So what am I doing with my life? And I had been at this point recovered for a year. I remember emailing or applying to Carolyn Costin's coaching program. And I was honest and said that I had only been recovered for a year. So she was really big on you have to be recovered for two years before you can do the program. So she was like, girl, come back in a year. And I was like, all right. So I was doing little jobs here and there. Came back in a year. I was like, yeah, this will be cute. I'll do this as a little side job. Went through the whole program in a year and... I was like, yeah, this will be a cute little side job. I'll have like two clients and I'll talk to them, whatever. And I guess that's kind of how it started. It kind of started as like, here's a couple clients. And I was like, yeah, I think I actually really like this and I might be good at it. But I still was, I was doing like 50,000 jobs. I still was modeling actually during this time. And I actually was doing better in modeling when I recovered, which makes a lot of sense because I had more energy. My skin didn't look like I was dying. So I was actually doing better, which is interesting and a good lesson for me to learn. So I'm still doing that. I'm still doing these like little recruiting jobs and, uh, you know, I have like two clients. This is in 2018. I moved to Connecticut and I was in Connecticut doing all these things, having a couple of clients. And then I was like, you know what? This is like probably my impulsiveness, but I was like, you know what? I want to move to Los Angeles. Like California it looks so cool and I did it (laughs) in 2020 during the pandemic which is insane and I came with my now husband and he was like you're insane and I said I know but why not try and I moved here and this was in 2020 so mental health is not thriving and I kind of got in touch with a bunch of girls through Carolyn and then eventually through some treatment centers around here And I realized that I really worked well with teenagers and young adults. So I do have some clients that are about my age or a little bit older, but for the most part, I really only work with teenagers and young adults. And that brings me into what is coaching. So 
it's a very broad category. Um, it's now my full-time job and I love it so much. So it's crazy because I've been talking about how I was looking for my purpose and throughout all these things. And I finally found, finally found coaching. So as I started to become more and more into it and it became more and more in depth and more of a part of my everyday life, I kind of learned right away. I learned a lot. So I got my bachelor's in nutrition. I did not go back for my master's in therapy. Now I was going to, but then when I started coaching, I was like, oh yeah, I like this better because coaching is more in the field. So more day-to-day life out in the real world. So I could go out for a meal with a client. I could go shopping with a client, right? Those things you can't do as a therapist. Not my personality to be a therapist, clearly boundaries are not there. So I became a coach and I wanted to stay being coach. So let me just tell you real quick, the learning experience and the growth that came from this is insane. So even though I had healed my relationship with food, there were so many underlying things that I never had talked about or dealt with. And all of these things came out when I first started. So I remember I would have clients in the beginning that honestly would like rule the show. I'm not even going to lie or sugarcoat it. And I was so people pleasy and I needed them to like me so much that I would pretty much do anything. Like I was doing crazy shit to please these clients, which is enabling. And I was doing it because I really care. I really truly cared, but also I wanted to feel that validation that was a theme so i got myself into a lot of sticky situations with that uh and by that i mean i've gotten way over my head and i there was like codependency going on and i didn't even know what these words meant like i literally had never heard the word boundary until i started coaching so for me i was just like well if someone needs something like obviously i'm gonna do it i'm gonna help them why wouldn't i not knowing that (laughs) sometimes that actually does more harm than good so started learning all of these things honestly through trial and error like I'm not even going to pretend that I came out of the gates this magical perfect coach um and not even that I am now but no like I needed to learn a lot so I did this was about three or four years ago and you know I kept going and getting more clients more and more eventually it became like I said a full-time job so now kind of where I'm at in this evolution is Like I said, working with teenagers and young adults for the most part. And I feel like my philosophy is very much based on connection and trust. So if the client doesn't feel a connection to me or doesn't see themselves in me in any way, I don't think it's the best fit. And the same goes for me. Like we have to relate in some way. And of course, everybody's different. I mean, I have clients that are totally different than me. But in some way, there's a deeper connection that we kind of understand. And that is healing. Like I can't even tell you. I could sit here all day and do 15 exercises and 13 million workbook pages. But yes, those things are helpful. And yes, those things work. But that is not how we are going to really connect with the client and have gain their trust. So I think that's also why I work with girls that are younger. I think for me, it's like I was sick when I was their age. So I understand um, 
to a certain extent, obviously. And I just have a young personality. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if that's good or bad. But like I like I said, I don't want to be 32. I pluck out all my gray hairs. Like, it's not happening. I just learned, again, through like trial and error, what works, what doesn't work. And I've gone from doing some standard things that I just kind of did with everybody to totally revamping and just making a completely unique, I guess, not one size fits all. So a unique fit for every person and what they need. Some people want to meet virtually once a week and talk about things that came up that week. Obviously, I'm not a therapist, so I don't do any skills or anything like that. However, it's inevitable that real life situations will come up in coaching, right? So it's not just about food and exercise and those types of things. That's a huge part of it. But inevitably, when you're close with somebody or when somebody trusts you, things will come up, right? Which can be really helpful on a team. If there is a therapist and a dietitian, if someone tells me something and I'm like, oh, girl, you got to tell your therapist that or I can tell the therapist that. So that's a little side note. But basically, like I said, some people want to do virtual. Some people want to talk about the week. Some people want to go over goals. Okay, so you're having trouble eating breakfast. All right, what's the game plan? Like, how are we going to eat breakfast? What do you need from me? Do you need me to text you? Do you want to text me every single time that you eat? Do you want to send me a picture? Some people literally would rather die than do that. So they don't have to. Again, unique. Um, Some people I see in person. Usually when I see people in person, we'll do things like eat a meal. So like maybe eat a fear food, maybe work on distraction during a meal, maybe literally go to the store and buy new clothes or donate clothes that don't fit anymore and are just sitting in the closet terrifying you. I mean, again, there's so many things. I've been on vacations with people. I've lived with somebody for a month. I've lived with other people for weeks and it's like you think that that to me that sounds like a nightmare like some random girl coming into my house and living with me sounds horrible which is why you need to have the connection and trust before that situation happens and not every client is for every coach like 100 and not every coach is for every client i mean you can imagine living with someone for a month is like you are gonna really get to know them and they're really going to get to know you being there for a client is a lot of meal support, but I don't like when people call me a meal coach because I just, no, I'm so much more than helping them eat their meals. I want to be there for them in the way that they feel safe. I want to be there for them to be able to tell me when they're struggling or when they have urges. And I just want to be there for them to experience life. So that's another big thing about me and my coaching is You can sit there and you can get better and like I did, you can gain weight and you can go about life. But if you don't deal with what's underneath or if you don't find a purpose in life, it's so easy to relapse. And there's always so many things underneath an eating disorder. It's never just, I want to get skinny. And that's what I thought, but clearly it's not. So I am a big fan of going out into the real world. Like, girl, let's go to a pumpkin patch oh, do you want to go see a movie? Oh, do you want to go to this carnival? Do you want to go to the zoo? Do you want to, I don't like literally so many things. Do you want to learn how to find joyful movement, exercise when you're able to, when you're healthy enough? It's important. What do you want to do? Like this is a daunting question and it obviously isn't said like that, but 
do you want to go to school? Do you want to not go to school? Do you want to act? Like, girl, yes, like, I will be there for whatever you want to do. And I'm not saying that I'm like the world's best thing because I'm not. And I'm still working on things and I still make mistakes and I will always make mistakes and I will always be working on my own mental health, 100%. And I think that's also important and to an extent to let people know, right? You don't need to go into details, but like, no, I'm not perfect. I'm not sitting here saying I recovered, so you should too. It's just not, it just doesn't work like that. Um, so there's so many things that I could say about everything that I just said. So I'll give you a little recap. This podcast is basically Shelby 2.0 and it's not just going to be me talking the whole time. I really want to bring other people in, whether they're well-known, whether they're influencers, whether they're models, whether they're clients, whether they're past clients that have recovered, whether they're therapists, like I want it all. So we will have that. There will be some episodes that I do just kind of talk about topics that maybe you want me to elaborate on or things that I'm feeling fiery about in the moment. But for the most part, like this is just a place to feel like somebody understands and relates. And again, that's so healing. And I want to be able to bring that to everyone on a larger scale. So hopefully if you made it through this far, like girl, you're going to make it through the episodes. Like I have faith. So thank you so much. And I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I will see you all next week.